Now it's time for Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf, the number one relationship advice radio show in the U.S. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ask Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Jamie Turndorf, and it is my pleasure to be with you again this week. Today, we're talking about how to listen with the ears of your heart. Have you ever noticed that people who fight a lot truly suck at listening? But today, I'm going to reveal why listening is nearly absent in conflicted relationships and why so many couples fall into what I call the death pit. Well, you know the drill. You have a beef. You try to talk to your partner. Your partner doesn't listen. You get pissed off and up the volume, which only makes your partner deafer. Now your discussion spins totally out of control. There's no resolution that occurs. And that leads you to feel terminally ticked off. Now you're really stuck. The next time your hot topic comes up, the other person's dukes are already up, which means you have even less chance of being heard. And in no time, you have a major vicious cycle on your hands. But don't worry. Today, I'm going to show you how to use your ears to steer your relationship out of the scuffle skids. And it's easier than you think to learn how to be a good listener. But listening doesn't happen by accident. It's a skill that needs to be acquired. So stick around for my listening crash course and discover how to listen your way to love. I'm going to answer a few questions later in the show. The first in how do you fix an unhealthy attachment to one's past? I'm helping a woman who wants to know what to do with her boyfriend who keeps bringing up her past with other men and calling her a slut. And he's also trying to control her relationship with her social media friends and her ex, the father of her kids. So stay tuned to find out how I advise her to handle her bossy boyfriend. In My Wife Hid a Large Purchase, What Do I Do? I help out a husband who discovered his wife hid a multi-thousand dollar Chanel purse purchase. And he's afraid she doesn't trust him and wants to know how to proceed. And then we're going to tackle the depressed boyfriend, and I'm helping a woman whose boyfriend's life is circling the drain. And despite all her support and good listening, nothing is helping. Helping. So stay with me to learn how she should handle his slump. And then we're going to hit a reading between the sheets question. And this one is missing that spark. And I'm helping out a woman who feels dead from the neck down. So stay with me to find out the real reason why her body has said bye-bye to booty calls. All right, so now on to today's show, how to listen with the ears of your heart. You know, God gave us two ears and one mouth so that we would listen more and speak less. On the road to conflict resolution, I always say listening is the superhighway. Not surprisingly, listening is nearly absent in conflicted relationships. When we don't feel heard, discussions soon cycle out of control, meaning no resolution occurs. In this climate, couples remain terminally angry at each other. And the next time that hot topic resurfaces, we're even more likely to blast our partners or whoever we are conflicting with. But when we come at the other person with both barrels, the other person wants to put up his or her dukes rather than prick up his or her ears. The louder we get, 
the less our partners want to listen. Instead, they resort to defending, justifying, and counterblaming. And in no time, you have a major vicious cycle on your hands. So I bet you're wondering, how can I break free of this cycle? Well, learn to listen to each other. But before you roll up your sleeves and master listening skills, we need to identify and eliminate the three behaviors that are polar opposites of good listening. They are defending, justifying, and counterblaming, which is turning the tables back on the other person. So let me give you an example of each one of these operations. Defending and justifying, I'm going to put them into one camp. Mary tells Peter that she's hurt because he forgot her birthday. Instead of listening and understanding her pain, he defends and justifies his mistake by saying, I had a good reason for forgetting. I got caught up preparing our taxes and I forgot to check my calendar. And counterblaming, Mary tells Peter that she's upset because he forgot to take his turn grocery shopping. And instead of listening and understanding, Peter counterattacks by saying, well, you forgot to wash my laundry yesterday. So I bet you're wondering why so many couples resort to defending, justifying, and counterblaming instead of listening. And of, of course, these three operations are not unique to couples. People fighting do this, life partners, friends, family members co-workers. So why do people do this? Well, in distressed relationships, listening has been lacking for so long that both partners feel starved to be heard. And not trusting that the other is going to listen causes both to jump in at the same time, shoving their points down each other's throats. So here's the bottom line. Listening is the cement of a happy relationship or marriage. To avoid breakups and divorce, you have to vow to move heaven and earth to do a better job of truly listening to each other. So how do you become a good listener? So one way to become a good listener is for you and your partner to take turns being both the speaker and the listener. And for starters, practice with a topic that hasn't reached subatomic proportions. Let the partner who is presenting the gripe have what I call the emotional right of way to speak first. And don't worry, the listener is going to get his or her day in court, his or her turn to be heard. When the speaker feels completely heard and understood, it's time to switch roles. Since you're perfecting your listening skills, it's important to know that being a good listener is more than passing a hearing test. If a listener merely sits quietly and says nothing in response, the speaker's going to think that he or she is talking to a gerbil. Good listeners are masters at conveying in various ways that they have heard and understood what has been said. So to become a good listener, both you and your partner must master the next three skills to convey that you are actually hearing what the other person is saying. The first skill is called mirroring. With mirroring, the listener restates exactly what's been said. And the listener has to be careful. That is, sorry, the the. The listener has to be careful not to overuse the mirroring skill or else the listener is going to sound like Polly the parrot. So here's an example of what mirroring sounds like. Speaker, I'm so sad that my boss is retiring. Mirroring back, you're sad that your boss is retiring. That's a direct mirror. Now, 
The second skill is called restating. So in restating, the listener repeats in his or her own words what the speaker has said. Speaker, I'm so sad that my boss is retiring. Restating. Your boss's retirement really has you down, huh? Now, the third skill is questioning to clarify. Now, with this skill, the the listener questions, not challenges, questions the speaker to make sure he or she is clear on what the speaker has said. And if the listener has understood, the speaker confirms that fact. If the listener is off the mark, the speaker restates his or her position. And once again, the listener asks questions until there is a meeting of minds. And if you were going to diagram the questioning to clarify skill, it would look like loops within loops. And the listener's job is to keep looping back until the speaker and the listener are on the same page, meaning that the listener has completely understood the speaker. And then, of course, when the other person feels fully understood, the listener says, do you feel I fully understood you? Are you resolved? Then you can switch roles and then the listener becomes the speaker. And then the new listener does the same gift back of listening, mirroring, reflecting, questioning to clarify. Now let's talk a second about listening roadblocks because sometimes we fail in our attempts to listen because we simply can't understand why the other person feels the way he or she does about a given situation. So if either of you finds yourself facing this obstacle, the next exercise I'm gonna share with you is gonna help you put yourself on your partner's emotional side of the fence. And when practicing this next skill, forget the particular situation that is upsetting the other person and instead focus on the feeling that he or she is having. Instead, think of a situation that has triggered similar feelings in you. When you're on the same emotional page as the other person, you're gonna find it easier to identify with and to listen to his or her feelings. Now, another common listening roadblock is guilt. And this roadblock is especially common in men. When a man is told that he said or did something to upset his life partner, his emotional bells and whistles go off. Because don't forget, men are hardwired to protect and care for their life partners and children. So when a man is told he failed in his job as a man, as a husband, as a parent, guilt starts working overtime. And this causes him to switch into the other role that he has been socialized to play, the doer and the fixer. So now the man makes it his job to make your boo-boo go bye-bye. And unfortunately, since Men have not been socialized to handle the emotional side of life. They're often clueless on how to ease your pain. So the poor guy resorts to sentences like, oh, you shouldn't feel that way or don't be upset. But unfortunately, these responses infuriate most women because being told to cut it out, get over it, forget it is majorly annoying when all a woman wants is to be heard and understood. So please Have patience with your guilt-riddled macho man. Remember, he only wants to make you feel better. He just doesn't know how to go about doing so. So the put a sock in it and just listen technique is going to help most men grasp that the way to fix your pain is to simply listen and understand nothing more. So here's how you use my put a sock in it and just listen technique. I know you want me to feel better. 
Just listening is all I need. I don't need advice, just listening. Try it and watch the magic that happens. Now, if your partner still finds it hard to listen to you, the next hypothetical situation may help him understand what you need. You could say, you know, if you accidentally trip over my foot and you break it, my foot still hurts and I need to be consoled. I know you didn't mean to hurt or upset me, but I still need you to understand my pain. As you master the art of listening with your heart, you are going to be amazed to discover that many of your conflicts melt like snow cones in summer. When conflict is on the back burner, your love can finally assume its proper front and center position. You're going to find a complete discussion of how to overcome all your impasses to good listening in my first Hay House book, Kiss Your Fights Goodbye, Dr. Love's 10 Simple Steps to Cooling Conflict and Rekindling Your Relationship. Not just how to listen, but Kiss Your Fights Goodbye is really your conflict resolution Bible. And obviously, none of us went to conflict resolution school, and we just tend to repeat what our parents demonstrated, which was rather dysfunctional. So in Kiss Your Fights Goodbye, I show you how to listen your way to love, how to use your ears to resolve your conflicts. I show you how to train your brain to fight for you, not against you, so that you don't allow your emotions to twist what is actually being said and done, and how to clarify so that you're sure you're really hearing what's saying. I show you how to identify the old scars that fuel most of our intimate relationship fights, and then how to use the relationship to heal these old scars. And as the old scars fade, our fighting just fades away too. Now, you know, decades of observational research out of my Center for Emotional Communication has shown that how you communicate what is bothering you will either make your partner want to listen and respond to you or make your partner want to take a hike. And I want to now share with you my six pointers for creating an emotional climate that actually makes another person want to hear what you're feeling and want to work at achieving a resolution to whatever your gripe is. One of the hardest things to realize is that the words, timing, tone, and body language you use when you're speaking with another person about what's troubling you determines whether the other person is going to prick up his ears or go stone deaf on you. So my point is how well your partner's ears function is literally in your hands. So before you even think of bringing up what's bugging you, you need to prepare yourself for the discussion. Now, I know this sounds unspontaneous, and it is, because most people in distressed relationships go off half-cocked, acting on their angry impulses and blasting each other. And as you've probably discovered, no productive conversations can occur when everyone is venting raw, unfiltered feelings. So here are my six preparatory steps that you need to take before you even think of discussing your actual gripe with another person. Step one, cool your jets. The cooler you are when you discuss your beef, the more the other person is going to want to hang in there and listen to you. So before you open your mouth to speak, you got to swallow a chill pill. Remember when you're hot under the collar, you're more likely to resort to fight traps. Those are the dysfunctional, faulty fighting tactics that we've all learned from our deformative years, and they send your partner psychologically or literally packing. If you come at your partner with heat, using all those fight traps, he is going to be deaf to your words. 
Speaking of heat, this is number two. You've got to be aware of your fight traps creeping onto the scene. And as I explained in Kiss Your Fights Goodbye, open and secret warfare fight traps heat the climate, triggering a biochemical imbalance that causes withdrawal reactions. And you aren't going to be heard if he's just gone. If you sense a fight trap brewing, bury the trap right away. And also be a fight trap tag team. If either of you sees a fight trap creeping onto the scene, point it out and help each other to not go there. Pull for the team. Three, drain off your anger. Privately do whatever you need to do to lighten your load. Punch your pillow, scream in the shower, call a friend, bitch him out in your mind. Fantasize about braining him with a bat because you know you're not going to actually act on your thoughts and feelings. Four, figure out what old scars have been awakened in you. Remember, when feelings are very strong and you can't seem to shake them, it's because the current incident with your partner or whomever you're arguing with has ripped off the scab of an old wound, what I call an old scar from childhood. So figure out what wound has been activated in you. And if you need help, in Kiss Your Fights Goodbye, I have a technique called stripping, where I show you how to strip away the overt fight content of what's happening here and now and get drilled down to the original old scar. So separating then from now is going to help you to cool down. And also this knowledge will help you to explain the deeper reasons behind why you were so upset with your partner. Hearing that it isn't 100% his fault is actually going to help your partner feel empathy for you and will actually make him want to listen to you. Five, dig up love. So when you're boiling mad, it's really hard to remember that you really do love the other person. So recall the early days of your relationship or a special day together that you shared. The feelings of love will temper your temper. And six, think before you speak. Before you say a single word about what's bugging you, ask yourself first, will what I intend to say damage my partner? And if your answer is yes, then you put a sock in it. Because remember, anything you say or do boomerangs back on you. And while it may feel good in the moment to get your rocks off, on the rocks is where your relationship is going to end up if you don't mind your mouth. If you hurt or damage your partner, you are hurting your relationship and yourself. So vow only to say what you know will be constructive and lead to a productive discussion. This means that you are going to have to, at least in the beginning, plan out what you're going to say before you say it. Now, I know all this prep is a major PETA. And you're probably thinking it would be much easier to just brain your partner with a frying pan. But it's a no-brainer that speaking from a raw, unfiltered part of yourself and acting on your raw feelings does not invite a receptive listening ear. And if you don't have a receptive partner who wants to listen, you're never going to resolve your conflicts. So controlling yourself is a gift you give to yourself by thinking through what you're going to say and not dumping raw emotional sewage on your partner. You are arranging to receive the gift of being heard. You reap what you sow. So your loose lips closed and only say and do what you know will be helpful to you, the other party and your relationship. And if you want your partner to listen to you, you need to cool yourself down before you present your gripes. Remember, unresolved conflicts are the number one killer of love. So cool yourself down and you're going to keep those love fires burning. All right, we'll be back in a moment and I'm going to give you some quickies. 
Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-941-4731. That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine, this is your money, and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money, and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. Want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call, because the best prices are not online. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner. Call today and get the best price on your next flight, guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Hello again and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. We're talking about how to listen your way to love. I'm going to give you a few quickies now to drive the messages that we spoke about in segment one. 
deep into your heart and soul. So sometimes it's best to close your beak rather than speak. A sure way to make your partner want to take a hike, let your emotional temperature spike. Be cool, not cruel. Zip your lip. Don't let yourself flip. On the road to conflict resolution, listening is the super highway. Guys, for more batters up, listen up. Use your ears and you'll see fewer tears. If you want to be heard, don't spew verbal turd. And throw away the boxing glove and listen your way to love. So let's do a little tip of the week. There is a scientific explanation for why women lose their sex drives when a relationship is on the fritz and why listening up leads to more batters up. When it comes to sex, I'll give you an example. A patient of mine, Elaine, had a terminal headache. While Mike is banging his head, his big head that is, against the proverbial wall. So we can actually blame biology for their battle of the bulge. Men are hardwired to spread their seed to ensure the continuance of the species and 300 million sperm are constantly nagging them to take the plunge. Meanwhile, a woman needs to feel safe and secure to be willing to get down. And when a woman doesn't feel safe, her biological programming turns her sex drive off. The last thing a woman wants is to have a baby with a man who's a flash in the pan. So even though birth control enables a woman to have sex without getting pregnant, her biology doesn't know this. When she feels unsafe, her sex drive fizzles long before she can even think of inserting her diaphragm. But guys, did you know that for a woman, the greatest erogenous zone on your body is between your ears. So if you want more batters up, you better listen up. When you truly listen with your heart and soul, you are telling her that you love her enough to stick around for the long haul. And boning up on your listening skills is a sure way to put her sex drive into overdrive. So if you want her to say, ole, make sure she feels your love is here to stay. All righty. So let's do some questions. And you know, I've said this before, when you send me these heartfelt questions, really intimate questions, I feel like I'm really getting to know you. And so I would like to hear back after I answer your question. I want to hear back from you how my answer landed, um, what happened. I'd like, you know, to continue our conversation because otherwise it sort of feels for me um, like empty. Like I put my whole heart in, and soul into you and tuning into your problem and answering your question. And then when I don't hear back, it's kind of like plunk. So reach back out to me. Let me know how the answers that I give you land. So here's the first one. How do you fix an unhealthy attachment to one's past? My boyfriend and I have been together 10 months, but known each other for 25 years. Now that we are together, he realizes that he may know too much about me, details of my past, the good, the bad, the painful. It haunts him, he says. There's constant reminders in daily life that remind him of things that have happened to me, but mainly he acts like he's disgusted in the people I've been with. He had nothing to do with my past, and yet when he gets a thought in his head, he actually gets mad at me, justifying it by saying it's my fault because I told him everything. He says he loves me so much that it hurts to think of the people I've previously been with. 
but he's sabotaging what we have because of a life lived before him. It's to the point where he wants to filter my Facebook to remove contacts he doesn't feel I need to be in contact with. He's trying to change the routine I have with my kid's father when it comes to picking up and dropping off because he feels threatened by the idea that he and I actually get along and co-parent the way every separated parent wishes to be. When he gets mad about the thoughts he has, he basically calls me a slut. If I wasn't a slut then, none of this would be happening. My life was full of pain and heartbreak, so you can imagine how it feels to be called a slut when that was far from who I was. I feel like I'm being punished for confiding in him before we even got together. He's the only person I've ever told my story to. Why doesn't he see how much he's hurting me and us? I don't understand. Maybe it's a mental health problem? He seems like he may have codependency and attachment issues and neediness to be by my side all the time. Wow. You are really being mind effed by your boyfriend. His cover story is that he loves you so much that it hurts to think of the people you've been with. And then he attacks you by calling you a very disgusting name. It sounds like he's jealous of those you've been with before. He's apparently threatened by your ongoing attachment to others and to your ex, the father of your kids. And he's trying to manage his feelings by controlling you and wanting to filter your contacts and tell you who you may and may not be in contact with. You need to ask yourself how much you want to keep this relationship to the point of allowing yourself to be abused and controlled. I don't care how much you love your boyfriend. His behavior is off the chain and you have to love yourself more. Loving yourself must include putting your foot down with him. And yes, this is his issue. It seems to me that the thought of your having had previous relationships sends him over the top as if your past is a threat to him. He has some serious childhood old scar that's causing him to react and behave in the way he does. Either he was abandoned by his parents or abused in some way. And it also seems as though he's jealous of a sibling who received more parental attention than he received from his parents. And when he thinks about your being with other people before him, it's as if his unconscious is jealous of the attention that you were paid by others. And he's making an unconscious association to his own early life story. Now, his triggers are an inside job. In other words, he's drowning in feelings from the past and he churns up the feelings in order to discharge some of his pain. And the way he churns up his past feelings is by making himself think of your past before him. And he uses your past as an excuse to vent his buried rage, which is literally poisoning him from within. So your past becomes his own emotional enema. He whips himself into a fit of rage and is symbolically raging at the players from his past. Rather than getting in touch with what he's really angry about, he transfers and he displaces his old feelings onto you and you have become his emotional toilet bowl. And the result of his childhood abuse is a deep feeling of unworthiness. And as a result, he is afraid of losing you. So he tries to control your contact in an unconscious attempt to keep you all for himself. His fear of losing you or not having always been the one in your life, as your past proves, is what sparks his controlling and abusive behavior. But I promise you, even if you were to give in to him and lock yourself at home and talk to no one, he would still not be satisfied. He reminds me of the classic wife beater who makes his partner stop contact with anyone outside of their relationship. And once she gives in to the control, he has her under his thumb and she's too trapped and dependent to get out. 
He needs to get in touch with his own feelings about his childhood, and he needs to drill down and figure out his old scar and then heal that rather than attempt to control you. My book, Kiss Your Fights Goodbye, has a series of exercises that help people figure out the old scar that's causing their relationship fighting. And the book shows you how to use your relationship to work together to heal the old scar that you detect. And to do this, he has to commit to copying to his own poop and not dumping it on you. And if he refuses to do this work with you, then you have some serious decisions to make. If he refuses to own and work on his stuff and you choose to stay with him, then it's your turn, turn to look at what old scar you're playing out by staying with someone who treats you in this way. So please, please keep me posted on how you make out with him. All right, let's take a break. Be back in a moment. Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-941-4731. That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine, this is your money, and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money, and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. Want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call, because the best prices are not online. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner. Call today and get the best price on your next flight, guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love. 
and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Hello again and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. We're answering questions now that you submitted to Ask Dr. Love. This one is, my wife hit a large purchase, what to do? Hello, I just discovered completely by accident today while I was cleaning out the house that my wife has made a purchase in the multiple thousands of a designer purse. My wife never mentioned this, but had hidden the purse away in a cabinet where I wouldn't think to look. We keep separate bank accounts, but I'm not sure how to think of this. I think it's the fact that the Chanel bag was hidden away that bothers me the most. Trying to understand how to talk to her about this and the right time since we just had a child. Maybe I'm overreading this, but I don't like feeling like the fact that she actually made the effort to hide the handbag indicates a lack of trust. What should I do? Okay, so first off, you said you keep separate accounts. Do you both have an understanding about how purchases and acquisitions are handled? Do you both pay specific bills from your respective accounts? Do you have an agreement that you both will discuss purchases over a certain amount? Do you both run your separate accounts individually? And after all the bills are paid, is it every man and woman for him or herself? That she hid the bag says that she knows she did something wrong. And the hiding of the bag can mean many things. Lack of trust is your idea, but maybe she feels guilty and ashamed of her self-indulgence. Does she have a habit of binge spending? Is she a spendaholic? There's so much you don't know. Well, the only way you will know is to talk to her. The conversation, if handled well, can open the door to a clearer understanding of how you both handle and wish to handle your expenditures. So I don't think you're going to be comfortable until you gain more clarity on why she did what she did. To discuss this, you could preface by saying, I have something I want to discuss is now a good time. And if she says yes, she could say, the purpose of what I want to discuss is not to blame you. I just want to understand you better. And then you can tell her that you happen to notice the expenditure and wondered why she hid the purchase from you. Did she think you'd be angry with her? And then lean back and see how the discussion goes. And if you're okay with her having spent this amount of money on the bag, you could say this as well. And you might also add that for you, the issue isn't the money, but the fact that the purchase was kept a secret and you're worried that she doesn't trust you not to be angry with her. The conversation can then naturally evolve into further discussions on how you would like big expenditures to be handled and ask her for input on how she would like to do things so that she feels comfortable with you and doesn't feel she has to hide. Because the bottom line is, in a relationship, Couples are supposed to talk with each other before making any big expenditures. It's not about asking permission, but it's really you're a collaborative team. So I would like to hear how all this works out for you. So keep me posted. All right. Next question for you. You know, I'm wondering, uh, because we're going to be going to a break literally in two seconds, I think it would be less confusing for you if I wait and I begin the question as soon as we come back from the break, okay? So I'll be back with you in a moment on Ask Dr. Love. 
Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-941-4731. That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine, this is your money, and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money, and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. Want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call, because the best prices are not online. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner. Call today and get the best price on your next flight, guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Hello again, and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. This is the next question I promised to answer, and it's called Depressed Boyfriend. I've been with my boyfriend for almost two years now, and lately everything around him is crashing down. 
I tried to explain everything will get better in his life and it just gets worse. His car has been broken down for four months. His sister screwed him over and he owes 4,000 to her apartments. Then someone stole his phone. His grandma went to the hospital. That's just a few of the things that he's going through. I keep trying to tell him it will be okay. And now he's to the point where he just doesn't believe me anymore. He's doubting himself. And I wonder what I can do to help him through these hard times. I'm worried that he doesn't see the good things he has. And the bad things are just dragging him down. And what will happen to us if he stays so depressed? What can I do? Please help me. Okay, so I hear that you're terrified that your relationship won't survive his depression. And this is the reason why you want to help him feel better. But the thing is, you can't change someone else's mood. He's responsible for that, not you. I can give you some pointers to share with him, but then he's got to take the ball and run with it. So first off, let me say that your boyfriend is experiencing an emotional, psychological, and spiritual crisis. On the emotional, psychological dimension, it would be good for him to know that he's depressed because he hasn't accessed his feelings of anger over life not going his way. When a person is angry and doesn't know it or buries the anger, that feeling morphs into depression. And it sounds like he's also engaged in self-attack. You said he's doubting himself. Self-attack is a common byproduct of buried anger. In other words, rather than turning the anger outward, it gets turned back on the self in the form of self-blame, self-doubt, self-attack. And when a person accesses the real feelings of anger, the depression generally lists. Depression can also come from feeling powerless. So when I read your boyfriend's tale of woe, it occurred to me that he's rather powerless in life. Now, some of the things that have happened, he has no control over, like his grandma going to the hospital. But there are other aspects of his life in which I think he could exert more control, which would help him to feel less powerless. For example, it sounds like his car being broken down for four months may be due to lack of funds to fix it. And here's where he could take stock in his life and perhaps make some changes that will in the long run improve his status in life and give him more power. For example, he might consider going back to school so that he can eventually get a better job and make more money and get out of debt. Now, let's talk about the spiritual dimension. I sense he lacks a strong faith base. Without a foundation of religious or spiritual faith, a person can easily tank in the face of stress. Faith provides a perspective that helps us through the hard times. For example, when your life is grounded in faith, you find it easier to accept life struggles. When you have faith, you know that life isn't supposed to be easy. Life is a veil of tears. When you know this, you don't crumble when the tough times are here. You know that life also beats us down to teach us empathy for others in pain, uh, to remember that others have it way worse than we do, and even to be grateful for the trials we have. The hardest times are also laid before us so we can master our own spiritual lessons. And through it all, you know that God and loved ones in spirit are here to hold your hand and support you through the hard times. And you also know that nothing lasts forever. So share some of my points with him. And I hope that this broader perspective will help him to feel better. And also keep in mind, there's a lot of research that low magnesium is linked to depression and, of course, stress intolerance. I explain all the science in my book, If You Think You Don't Have PTSD, Think Again. Basically, all it takes is one accident, one illness, one stress for us to lose all our cellular magnesium, magnesium which instantly triggers 
PTSD. So this is why I recommend electromagnesium. That's Electra with a K. Electromagnesium.com.au. If you go on the homepage at AskDrLove.com, you'll see a banner. I don't sell it. I'm not a distributor. I don't make commissions. But this is my mission, really, to help everyone resolve the low magnesium that we all suffer from. And um, like I said, not only depression, all kinds of diseases and conditions are really low magnesium in disguise. So this whole, this whole package that I gave you will help him. Okay, let me let me get to the um the reading between the sheets question, just to shake it up because sex is a big part of relationships if you're lucky. And this question is called Missing That Spark. Okay, I've been in a relationship for 10 years. I have a two-year-old with this man and I love him very much. We fight all the time since we had the baby. We fight over everything from his mother to money. It's terrible. I'd love to stay with him and make things work, but I find myself lately missing that new spark you feel in a new relationship and feeling like I want to feel that again, but possibly with someone else, no one in particular, just to feel that again and be happy because I'm not now with him. I would never cheat on him, but lately I've been tempted. Please, if you can help me in any way, respond to this. So it's impossible to feel the spark of romance when you're having heated arguments. And if you're looking for a spark, you got to know that unresolved conflict puts out the sparks of love. So I always say unresolved conflict is the number one killer of love, plain and simple. So first, we need to resolve your conflicts. When you're not so angry with him, I promise you will feel the spark again. I wish I could give you a crash course on how to resolve your conflict, but I'm afraid you really need to read Kiss Your Fights Goodbye and put my entire conflict resolution program into practice. It's easy. It's step-by-step. The book is on Amazon. Uh, Just grab it. You know, you're both going to need to learn how to properly communicate what's bothering you using my XY formula. And you're both going to need to take turns listening to each other. You're going to want to pay close attention to your old scars because childhood wounds cause us to misinterpret and overreact to our partners, which fuels more and more heated fights. And uh, the book will also help you do a little role playing in which you act out the other's part. And when you play with him, say exactly how you think he feels and also have him pretend to be you. So listen to what you've said and repeat it out loud to show that he understands and vice versa. And this exercise will really help you both put yourselves in the other's shoes and truly hear and understand each other. In most cases, feeling heard and understood is all that's needed to resolve a conflict. 98% of our conflicts are resolved through true listening and understanding. And remember, the greatest spiritual challenge is to love your enemy, meaning to love someone with whom you are angry. So if you can both find it in your hearts to drop the swords and really listen and understand each other's point of view, you're going to be able to resolve your conflicts. And then and only then will you feel connected again, and then the sparks will ignite once more. All right. So, you know, I really enjoyed being with you today. And I want to just give you a little heads up about something that really shocked me. And I'm going to do a whole show about it next week. There was a news story on Fox yesterday. And it is the Canadian Veterans Affairs Office that is encouraging veterans with PTSD to walk into the Veterans Affairs Office and get a free pill to kill themselves. This is legal. And they're using this same pill to enable parents to uh, euthanize 
babies who were born with a disability and they could do it anytime within the first year. I am so horrified by this news story that we would give a pill to someone suffering from PTSD. Now, not only veterans have PTSD, as I discovered when I researched the book, if you think you don't have PTSD, think again. Most all of us have PTSD to some degree or another. But when you're in a state of PTSD, you are so symptomatic when you're suffering from PTSD, you are suffering with so many problems, insomnia and body pain and sleep disorders and all kinds of emotional distress, anxiety and depression. So you're really ripe for somebody handing you a pill to take you out of your misery. But this is tragic because transdermal magnesium is proven to reverse PTSD. I've had personal experience with it. I had a friend in New York, a four-tour Afghanistan um, veteran. Um, who I gave the transdermal magnesium to. And within the first, after the first dose, the guy was calm, his anxiety dropped, he slept for the first time in decades. So why are we handing a loaded gun to people who are suffering when everyone should know about this natural treatment for PTSD? It's researched, it's proven, it just hasn't made its way into the mainstream. So next week, we're going to talk about PTSD among all of us and among veterans. I'm going to give you a test to help you know whether you or someone you love have PTSD. And then I'm going to lay out for you the science and tell you exactly what you need to do to reverse PTSD in yourself or someone you love. All right. So I really, really really want you to get on board with this because we don't want to leave anyone behind on the battlefield of PTSD. And we certainly don't want to hand people pills to off themselves when there's a drug-free and safe remedy for this very, very difficult condition. All right. So write to me, let me know what's on your mind, what you need, send me your questions, give me your responses. I want to hear from you. All right. See you next time on Ask Dr. You've been listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. Sign up for Dr. Jamie's newsletter at AskDrLove.com and receive her meditation audio that will guide you to open your heart and chill out during these stressful times. Music.